Good morning and welcome to Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers. I'm joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Marianne. I got my apron on. I couldn't even see it because it's under a jacket. I know. (laughs) I might have slept in it. (laughs) It's that time of year for a baker. Oh, my gosh. Boy. No kidding. That time of year, we are uh, hurtling toward, (laughs) I mean, uh, December and the beginning of January are just uh, jam-packed. Yeah. And the end of uh, November, it's like so relentless. Yeah, relentless. We need we need a, a month called, the you know. joy and festivities are relentless. <laughs> we, we need an international sleep-in month. Oh, yeah, like how uh, the college I went to, they had what they called really an unfortunate like choice of words, dead day, because <laughs> right before um, finals, so people could study because so many people were trying to commit suicide. Oh so that, I mean, dead day, I understand why they chose that name, but not because it was to ameliorate, you know, yeah. suicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on that cheery note. <laughs> yeah, what have you been cooking? Oh, my gosh. Not, I think baking, you know, because it's that time of year and I yeah. bake for a living, but, oh, I couldn't sleep last night. So um, um, I don't know what it was. And you know how, like, if there's some little noise and you can't sleep, you want to blame it on that. But it's not that. It's just that you can't sleep. Uh But the farmer across the way, he traded out his um, cows for bulls. And I don't know why he does that. But, I mean, I'm sure there's a good reason. He knows, like, infinity more about farming than I do. (laughs) But um, he'll just change out what he has in there. So he put, I think he has 17 bulls, and each one wants to be the only one in the field. Oh, yeah. And so then they just fight all night long. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I couldn't sleep, and then that was going on. Like a bovine frat party. Yeah, exactly. Going on over there. Yeah. And um, so then this morning, I had some <gasps> caffeine. Oh. <laughs> Doctor says, no, but I disobeyed. Because <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. You know what? I don't have a, uh, oh. I, I need to have some transmission work done on my brain. Because <laughs> I cannot get it to, I cannot get it to shift into neutral when it's time to go to sleep. It's oh. like stuck in high oh. or, you know, like fourth gear I, it's just crazy yeah because when you're doing things and thinking and doing things mm-hmm. it, it it all works and then uh when you quit doing things but you're still thinking yeah <laughs> it's very counterproductive to sleep well crazy. and i'm super lucky because my whole life i've been that person that counts backwards from 12 and then i'm asleep you know? oh that's and good. so then I, i'm sure it's super annoying when i'm like oh i couldn't sleep last night it was you know the one day out of 2.5 years i mean you know what i mean <laughs> But um, um, sorry, I apologize to the universe about that. But um, yeah, I am really lucky that way. I feel bad when people are insomniatic, truly. That's so good, though. That's so good. Um, So I wonder what you have been cooking. I mean, what what are you and Dale eating in between things coming out of the oven for somebody else? So pretty much I'll just make like one large thing a day, and then he gets to gnaw on it for three days. (laughs) So um, uh, let's see. Uh, today I'm going to make souvlaki. I'm excited oh. about that. I like souvlaki. I make it out of pork tenderloin, you know, uh-huh. and um, I chunk it up because um, um, I just, well, like like I'm doing a kebab, you know, uh-huh. but I just put the chunks on the grill. But I, I love 
grilled pork tenderloin. I think pork tenderloin is a really underappreciated cut of meat. It's, it's got a lot of potential. I yeah, mean, for it's it, tender, a million kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, and it's delicious. It takes marinade well, and it's it's um, it's good. So I marinate it, and then I grill it, and then I make some tatsiki. It's pretty simple. I don't even think I'm going to make anything else. And then in the freezer, I've got some naan bread. So uh-huh. I put that in the toaster just at a low setting, like two. My toaster goes to six, and then it gets really, really soft. And so then we just kind of make what essentially are tacos uh-huh. with some tatsiki tomatoes and onions. And if I have feta, but usually it's fetid because <laughs> it's been in the fridge too long. And I have a feeling that that is also the case today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I recently had a purge. I recently uh, found, found something in the uh, dark recess of the back <laughs> corner of the fridge and went, uh, all right, it's time. And I, I did a kind of a, you had, know, had a ceremony. House. Yeah. Yeah. And use some things. I mean, you know, it's yeah. not always some often I will catch it just uh, moments before yeah. it's time for last right. So <laughs> your vegetable hospice. Oh. I love that you have that. I used to um, clean out the freezer, you know, and make like giant just pots of boiled stuff for the dogs ah. just um and I'm, I'm talking like 30 years ago but I just had a big soup stock pot and somebody will at some point have given me some fish that they caught somewhere and then yeah. there's you know freezer burned beef and freezer burned pork and freezer burned chicken and I would just put it all in a big pot and and just simmer it like stew or like soup and then pull the bones out that I could and then freeze it up in little parcels and that's what I would feed the dogs for like a month. I I love that. I cook for my dogs too. Yeah. Um and they like it and it is also I mean they have a standard meal that I fix for them a couple times a day, but uh, also it is perfect for leftovers that you just are not inspired to fix in another time and um I don't you know. think that the that the dog food companies I don't see how they could possibly get everything that a dog needs in dry salty kibble, you know. Yeah. I just don't think that they can. So you said that you have a, a pretty standard meal. You cook them? What do yeah. you cook? Um, I, um, I have medium to large dogs. Okay. And so um, I, I get a good kibble, and they each get one cup of that, plus some sautéed uh, ground beef okay. and uh, roasted sweet potato okay. and brown rice and... Beef liver. I don't think I even feed Dale that well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if you take the liver out, it's dinner for us. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but they really like it. They eat twice a day. And when we, um, I have one dog that is not food centric. Like he's not de- defensive of his food, and he's not like chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. Although he is happy to have it and he eats it. But. Uh, uh, the newer dog that we have is uh, like I'll eat mine and I'll eat yours. Okay. <laughs> so I we can't I can't leave kibble down for them to fill in in between yeah, meals. Yeah. So I've come up with this pretty complete meal and I do it in the morning and the evening and that's what they have. Do you do any vegetables besides uh, the sweet potato? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Uh, sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes they get peas and carrots. Okay. Sometimes they get. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I've given them mushrooms. I'm constantly going on Google and going, is this fill in the blank poison to dog? Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah. Or poison to birds, because that's the other thing is yeah. putting uh, uh, some kind of leftover out for birds. But they, I've discovered that the birds love brown rice and it's fine for them. Okay. And they love 
cold spaghetti noodles oh. chopped up. <laughs> they they love leftover oatmeal porridge. Oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so um, we have pretty happy crows. Oh, they're so shiny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried a I tried a new recipe that I liked. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's very simple because it doesn't have a bunch of vegetables. You have to. I made a fruit salad on the side, but um, it's called uh, mochiko chicken, which is otherwise known as Hawaiian fried chicken. Which, oh, no, but I've never heard that word mochiko. No, me either. Um, and it's a, a recipe by uh, Rele Lum. I, I think I've it, never heard that word either. <laughs> she has a cookbook. Okay. Uh, cooking for Rel. Uh, so I think it, she must pronounce it. It's R-E-L-L-E. Okay. I bet she must pronounce it real because, okay. um, you know, play on words. But anyway, the it, all it is is uh, chicken. I used boneless thighs, okay. cut into bite-sized pieces, and then marinated at least overnight. And I um, inadvertently marinated it over two nights. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's in the fridge. And um, it was very tender. What was the marinade? Uh, the marinade was made with potato starch, sweet rice flour, soy, sugar, scallions, eggs beat up, sesame seeds, garlic, ginger, and salt. It was okay. like 99% of the ingredients were in the marinade. It's very thick because okay. of the starch. And you coat everything and uh, leave it to uh, leave it overnight, ideally, and <laughs> then uh, you deep fry it. Okay. Or you know, I I used a, a big saute pan and just put like a, a three quarters of an inch of uh, okay. veg oil in there, and uh, it cooks really fast because they're bite sized pieces. Okay. And just I just put them on a rack to drain, and then um, had it with some uh, jasmine rice, and it was good. It okay, was real right good. On. Yeah. Right on. I would do it again. Yeah, oil, it got so expensive during COVID, and it really never came down again. I mean, it's it's nearly 200% more than it was before COVID. You know, it's gone up to triple what it was. And, and um, so, yeah, I don't deep fry anything. I just take, like, a little pot, and I'll put a little bit in there, and then I'll, I'll yeah. do it in batches. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not going to fill a deep fryer with oil anymore. <laughs> I don't have a deep fryer. Yeah. Uh, because I don't do enough yeah. that, of that yeah. kind of frying. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I've complained before about not even wanting to clean up the mess. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of recipes I read that s tell you to deep fry something and that you can um, strain the oil and use it one more time. But my experience with that is no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So I'm just it's never worked. For no, me. I'm just dumping it in my. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if I was deep frying something tomorrow, it might work. But it always just tastes super old. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bad oil. Hey, uh, what about, I mean, we got Christmas coming up. Yeah. We got uh, a few occasions that would be good for a feast. Are you doing anything in those I think ways? I'm probably going to do um, um, what I do for Christmas every year because it's just really, the, you know, besides Thanksgiving, the only traditional meal, you know, I don't, I don't do a specific thing for Easter, though a lot of people do ham. But I do a prime rib roast. Oh, right, And it's right. the one time of year we have that. It's, it, you know, it's really good, and um, I yeah. like doing it. Yeah. I don't know. We might have, you know, a PB&J. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Paula Dean, the, the, the way that I cook a, a rib roast is Paula Dean's method. So oh. if, if you want a really foolproof method, it doesn't matter if it's a two-bone roast or a six-bone roast. Um, it's just you heat your 
oven up to, you got to look at the recipe, but I think it's 375. Um, you put a bunch of, um, I, I oil the roast and then I put um, that Montreal seasoning on oh, the yeah. outside, you know, and then uh, as much as I can get on there. And then you put it on a rack in a roasting pan, stick it in the oven for an hour, turn it off for three hours, and then turn it back on for 40 minutes and it's medium rare. And it works perfect and it's all nice and browned on the outside and it's it's just a great great foolproof method and yeah, I, I think easy yeah yeah and so just if you look it up on the internet Paula Deen's method it's it's a really really good method and just use whatever spices you like you know, I've, I've never used hers she has some spice mix on there but I just never used it I don't know why well it's pretty easy if you have just one uh you know, one bottle <laughs> that has everything in it that you like. Do you really think I have just one bottle of spices? No, no. But I mean, if you already have a spice yes, mix. Yes, I understand. <laughs> yeah, no. I called spices. I think I told you. We talked about that before. I uh, got rid of an entire tray of spices on my counter. I know. I still, uh, I'm down to two, two trays. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> I have, and I just love it. I have those um those little containers that have a magnet on the back, and I just all have right. all my spices stuck on the side of my fridge, and it frees up a lot of space on my counter. And then also, I've labeled them, or, and by me, I mean Dale with his <laughs> label maker, but then I can see them all, and I'm like, oh, I have harissa. I could just throw that in some mayonnaise, and we could have some vegetables and dip it in that, you know? So I see my spices, too, yeah. and then I, I use them because I see them. Yes, that's very key. And if you have uh, the ones that you would use, be, you know, sitting behind a bunch of ones you're never going to use again. It <laughs> behooves you to uh, call. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Or if one accidentally gets moved to the back and then you never see it again. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, um, I was uh, seeing this recipe that I really want to try and um, I think that um, I just think that it would be really good. Um, it's basically just a bunch of sautéed veg actually simmered for a while in a uh, tomatoey sort of I wouldn't say it's a broth because it gets thick but okay. uh, but it is a sheet pan meal that where the actual ba uh, cooking doesn't happen in the sheet pan it's just that you put this vegetable mixture in the sheet on the sheet pan when it's ready when it's done and it's still warm and you cover it with uh, phyllo huh and you uh, bake it in the oven and really, it just sounds good. It's a Melissa Clark. Oh, her recipes are always good. Her I mean, recipes. I trust her. Yeah, I She's know. She's in like the top three of if she says it's good, it's good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she calls it a vegetable stew, huh. and she says you can do it. A, you can do the stew a day ahead of time, and then uh, just pop it in the oven. And uh, it's got hers has uh, red onions, bell pepper, tomato paste turmeric, paprika, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, hmm. uh, salt such as diamond crystal. Why do they tell us what kind of, what brand of salt? Is diamond crystal getting a... Well, no, it, no, it's not that. It's because diamond crystal is a flake salt. And, and if you take a tablespoon of diamond crystal, I think the conversion factor is it weighs 0.55 what a tablespoon of table salt ways okay so, they're so if you were if you were to use that much table salt you would have almost two times too much salt in there so i think that's why they they say that yeah okay um i don't know anybody who's still cooking with table salt but yeah uh but i use a different kind of kosher salt and it's almost identical yeah yeah so yeah um well and then if you're the, using an old-timey recipe 
you know, yes. then that is table salt. That's like right. Like if you're using something from your grandma or something. Yeah, then it's just, uh, yeah, that's right, iodized salt. Yeah, it, well, and it's just like like um, all those old recipes that are made with cake mixes. You know, cake mixes yes. used to be 18.25 ounces, and then for a long time they were 15.25, and now they're 13.25. So you can't make those recipes and just throw a cake mix in there. Ah, oh, it's dastardly shrinkflation. Oh my gosh. Same thing with bacon, same thing with coffee. Uh, quickly, I would like, and many, many more things. I, I would Not like to... Not uh, no shrinkflation here. <laughs> We're absorbing all of that stuff <laughs> that's been cut out of everything else. Uh, I would like to remind everybody that Food Talk is a co-production of KMUN and North Coast Food Web. And if you haven't been to their websites... Uh, don't go right this minute. Stick with us. Because you're but busy then, with your Christmas baking. <laughs> that's right. KMUN.org, NorthCoastFoodWeb.org. Um, and I will remind everybody that the Thursday um, online market for uh, that uh, North Coast Food Web hosts every week is on hiatus until um, for two weeks because of the holiday. Letting our local farmers and uh, the crew at the Food Web uh, enjoy their holidays so it'll be back up and running in no time and if you have not uh, checked that out I would say check that out so um, <laughs> I wanted to tell you also that after you get a bunch of these uh, uh, veg and spices tossed into a saute pan or I think actually she's uh, s suggesting a, a Dutch oven or a cat you know that kind of a thing um, and she's got zucchini she's got uh, chickpeas or poishish, or garbanzos, or whatever you call them at your house, um, and then uh, a couple cups of vegetable broth, okay, or chicken broth, however you want to do that. And here's the thing I love, and I'm looking for a reason to um, use some of my jar of preserved lemon. Okay, I don't use it often enough. You know, Andy Catalano used it all the time, and he was the one that taught me it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really good thing, and, yeah. and I know that, and I have used it, but I still have like a half a jar left. Yeah. And this has got um, preserved lemon in it and mint. And then, um, so you're just putting all that in a Dutch oven and simmering it. Um, you're sauteing it for a few minutes and then simmering it for a while. Until uh, there, she's saying 40, 45 minutes until wow. it gets thick and everything's really tender. And then um, you heat the oven to 400 degrees and um, uh, brush a, a rimmed baking sheet with some butter and put your veg mixture on there and then top it with sprinkle feta and top it with phyllo. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. I haven't either, but it's huh. beautiful and it sounds delicious. So I'm going to try it. I, I think it sounds really good and okay. I think it would be a good uh, leftover thing. So I'm going to try it. And and if you're listening and that sounds uh, interesting to you, Melissa Clark, Spiced Vegetable Filo Pie. Uh, you'll find a recipe. It's out there. For and it you. sounds like something that you could make, like you know, like an appetizer. Just put some of that mixture in feta, yes. and then you know, fold up the filo dough like you do in a triangle for those little spinach things that I can't. Remember yeah, the name like of. samosas and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I know it sounds good, and it also sounds to me like a way to use up, you know, those geriatric vegetables. Yes, if they have to <laughs> simmer for forty-five minutes, it doesn't matter what kind of condition they no. started in. <laughs> no, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well i i wonder if everybody has i bet we've all had our uh dose and a half two doses of sweet stuff oh yeah you for know, sure. starting with halloween it's just like candy cake and cookies <laughs> until you yeah. can't see straight <laughs> give me my insulin oh my gosh <laughs> it's wearisome well, I made some apple crisp, apple pies, speaking of sweet things, and um, everybody had a lot of apples this year, but um, yeah. I just stumbled, I don't. I didn't even stumble on it, just noticed something interesting. So we had a lot of apples, and um, our tree makes big apples, and it came with the house, so we don't know what kind it is. Maybe it's a king apple, I don't know. Anyway, it's got the kind of skin that really doesn't cook down, so you have to peel it, which I do not enjoy, but... Um, uh, I had a bucket of apples out on the back deck and then a bunch of buckets just all over the property, you know, just in the carport, in the <laughs> shop. There's just anywhere that there was floor space. There were apples pretty much this year. There was a lot. But the one that was out um, on the back deck, you may have noticed that, that um, it hasn't been all sunshine here. Yeah. So, far this year. so the bucket filled up with water pretty quickly. And so um, I was just lazy. I didn't want to go out to the shop the other day. I'm like, I just need a couple apples. I'm going to make an apple crisp. And so I went out to the bucket, and they were all underwater, but they were just perfect. <gasps> and so the ones that were in the shop and the ones that are in the carport, you know, there's some rotten ones in there. Yeah. You had to pick through them. But everything was absolutely perfect in the bucket of water. It's and, cold, too. And you wouldn't think that that would be true. You would think that if it was sitting in a bucket of water, that it would hasten its demise, you know, yeah. that it would make it easier for it to rot. But no, they were all absolutely perfect. Interesting. Yeah. And um, I don't know why. And I don't, I didn't Google it or anything. I don't know if that's something people do is store apples in water, but, um, or if it was an anomaly. Wow. Like those were just perfect apples or something. But it was, it was really interesting, I thought. It, that is interesting because I, you know, I remember. I mean, I grew up with grandparents for a lot of my childhood, and um, we kept, you know, we picked the tree when it got ripe mm -hmm. and uh, put them in layers of straw in a in wooden crates in the root cellar. Yeah, which is the opposite of keeping them. Yeah, in, yeah. In well, and then water, and then you know maybe. I don't know. I, I just think uh, next year I'm probably going to put the majority of them on the deck and just let them yeah. fill up. Now, I'm surprised that you didn't have wildlife in there ha helping themselves to th an apple out of the bucket. Um, no. Uh -uh. Well, no. Uh, I, maybe it's the water. Maybe yeah. it's the height of the bucket, you know, that we don't have bears. Well, I mean, there is like a neighborhood bear, but we don't have them looking for apples, you know, or, yeah. or deer in the water up on the deck. It's just too close to the house. It's scary. Yeah. And those dogs. They're so scary. <laughs> the crusts off their sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> so spoiled <laughs> well um what what do you think about once we're past the holiday you know once we're past the holidays we're only like two days away from solstice or you know it's the 21st and where are we now oh yeah the 18th so yeah on Thursday, it's the shortest day of the year. Wow, that's true. Yeah. For some reason, this year didn't seem as dark as all the rest. <laughs> uh, 
Maybe I just never went outside. You're busy. <laughs> You're busy in the kitchen with the lights on. I'm telling you, it's dark at 4.30. We are in the eight hours of daylight zone right now. So um, I'm pretty excited about solstice. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's so great when it starts getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Yeah. Really, yeah. really great. We um where we live there's a lot of trees and I don't see the sunrise and every place else I've ever lived about I always saw the sunrise and I really miss that. But um getting light is like second best to sunrise. Yeah, it is. Woohoo. And the sunrises have been pretty darn gorgeous. Uh no surprise there. Hey, do you use chervil? The Arab chervil? Well, because I can never find it. You know, yeah. I, I worked in a French restaurant for a long time and I I, I um I think that I cook French things more than most normal people, but no. Mm -mm. I don't know anybody. Well, that that's not true. I, I know that there, uh, ha I can think of at least one local farmer that has in the past anyway uh, had fresh chervil. Really? But um, I see it every once in a while, and I, it's one of those herbs that I just don't think is very good dried. I've, I've had yeah. it dried before, but it just doesn't add much. Yeah. Same thing, parsley, cilantro. I just don't think you yeah. can dry them. They yeah, just basil. Taste, yes, they just taste like weed. Yeah, exactly. Not that kind of weed. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're not good. So, and I think chervil is that way too. But I was looking, I was shopping uh, recipes this morning, and uh, realized that a couple of the ones I'm interested in trying ha call for chervil, and I never see it for sale even. No, you know? no, 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 not. I mean, it's just, I just don't know. Maybe I need to would... plant a little pot of chervil at my window. So I don't know. And you should get a pet gerbil too. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those in the past. You can name them chervil. Chervil the gerbil. <laughs> I have a, I have a 70 pound gerbil <laughs> i have a dog that likes to shred paper which is oh really traditionally that would be like that's a gerbil the, that's the gerbil's job that's right certainly not the the hound <laughs> well that's so funny <laughs> you just never know oh. yeah the, um one of my favorite salads is um is you know, sort of French, but I just, I love the flavor of tarragon and um, Dijon together. Uh -huh. So just a vinaigrette with, with um, white wine vinegar and um, extra virgin olive oil and then Dijon, salt, white pepper, and then um, um, tarragon fresh, or I like dried tarragon and I even like dried tarragon a little bit better than fresh, but I like them both. And then um, over a salad of, of greens asparagus and walnuts and i think that's a delicious salad that sounds really good yeah. i find that i love tarragon too um and i like it in uh, a lot of things like i like it in uh uh why, why can't i say the name of this linda you know the sauce that we dip like uh, uh fish and chips in oh not a uh, bernays i mean oh oh brouillade <laughs> well or or, or uh isn't that tartar great? sauce? Tartar <laughs> sauce. <laughs> All those French things coming from the French chef. Uh, uh, yeah, tartar sauce. I like it with um, uh, <laughs> tarragon in it. But I find tarragon to be a divisive herb. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's Dale, like cilantro. It's like, why does my fish taste like licorice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People love it or hate it, but yeah, I really like it. I like it in chicken salad. I think that that's really good. Uh huh. And um, I just I love it in um, dressings in in salad dressings. It's so delicious. Yeah. Really, really good. And yeah. of course, bearnaise. There's just nothing better than 
Um, unless you're a cardiologist, French fries and Bernays. <laughs> oh my God, frites, <laughs> yeah. frites. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That that's how, or you know, uh, drug through a ramekin of mayonnaise. Ooh, it's almost the end of the show. Yeah. There's one thing I want to mention. <laughs> You know, there's nothing in the world that Marianne likes more than Christmas music. And so if you are a friend of hers and you felt like calling up and leaving a Christmas song on her answering machine. Oh, my God. On her voicemail. Heaven knows what will wind up on yours if you do that. I desperately do not like. I, I You know what? I don't like holidays. We know this about me. Yeah. I, I'm not big on holidays. I don't want to be told when to celebrate. I like every day. But if it's a holiday that has music attached. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, I, I shouldn't say that across the board because I does, I love Latin music, mm -hmm. and so I'm fine with that. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Well, yeah, uh, it, that's sort of a Latin holiday, but I think it's pretty much an American okay, you're right, you're holiday. Right. But yeah, I like that kind of music. Hey, uh, speaking of music, you want to sing us out? And uh, I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, and which, uh, you know, in retrospect, and Kwanzaa and all the things you celebrate. Solstice, happy to all of you. You want to say I'm this? driving my vegetables, I'm driving my green edibles, I'm driving my vegetables around. I am driving my broccoli, I'm driving my cauliflower, I'm driving a bushel of corn home. Bye. <laughs>